Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are, with me as your host, Sarah Poet. Now, if the word sacred is throwing you a little bit, that's okay. Have you had that moment as a modern woman where you went, wait, I left something of myself back there along the way? Well, if so, then you're already on a path of sacred remembering and you're actually in the right place. We know that modern women are rising, but we don't do it by fighting. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. And here in this space, we remember together through stories and tools and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Now let's begin. Hello and welcome back for another episode of season two of the Sacred Remembering Podcast. This is Sarah Poet. I'm your host and I'm so excited to welcome you to today's interview with Madeline Mood, Maddie Noon. And um, yeah, for so many reasons. But first I want to talk about some themes that I'm seeing in this time of COVID really. You know, so 2020 was like not what anyone expected it to be most, most anyone. And, um, it's been full of surprises and how we respond to those surprises has so much to do with all of the choice that's available right now for the lives that we really want to create. So this is one theme that I really want to call forward in listeners. It's like, how has coronavirus and quarantine and all of this downtime and all that's been revealed in the shadow of the collective, how has that sparked you toward embracing the truth of who you are and maybe even the truth that you want to create something could be entrepreneurial it could be that you want to do this with someone it could be that you want to change an organization from the inside out um So this episode is going to be for you. If you've had any inclination during the last few months that what you've been doing maybe isn't working or you need to step into the truth of who you are as a matter of necessity for your own self, you need to step into that even more at at this point so that you can bring forward your sacred gifts that are really meant to be in the world. And you just know this inside of you. You just know that you are meant to walk in authenticity with yourself. So this episode is for you. And um, I I know that everyone's going to take something from it. But along those lines, I also want to tell you all, I want to tell listeners that um, my sacred truth mastermind for women is relaunching for a second time in 2020 because 2020 is so potent. Um, I'm relaunching that in August and by sacred truth, it's really a six month journey to stand in the full and empowered truth of who you are. And one of the things that Maddie and I talk about in this interview is how we really need to 
get right with our masculine and feminine flow within us. Okay. So, um, I actually have a new program called structure and flow that's coming out and it's all about how we work with time and how we engage with time and energy and how we as modern women, well, honestly, when we're operating in a hustle mode, we're, we're sort of associating with more of a unconscious masculine orientation archetypally. And that's changing now. That's changing as modern women are waking up and we're remembering the feminine. And so it's about like, well, what is a healthy masculine? What is a healthy feminine? How do I work and balance with them both? So I'm going to be bringing that new program about time and energy and actually cultivating more energy with the time that we have and creating what we want, um, I'm going to be bringing that forward in the August Mastermind. So if any of this is speaking to you, you can find out more information at sarahpoet.com. And I'm happy to talk with any of you that are thinking about uh, potentially doing that. So yeah, I want to keep this relatively short here, this intro, and I want to introduce Maddie, but I just really want to throw out encouragement. If you are a modern woman waking up to the truth of who you are right now, please know that you're not alone. Please know that your sacred walk on this planet is so important and that the wisdom that's inside of you is really the medicine that the world needs. I mean, it's truly like we rebalance the the feminine and masculine through ourselves, through our bodies, through our lives and our actions. And I know that a lot of women listening to this podcast are already creators or you are stepping into the truth that you want to become a creator of your own livelihood, using your own voice, your own truth. So this place is um, for you to just know that you are not alone in that and um, your your precious sacred truth is so so needed at this time so without further ado I want to introduce Maddie and get to this interview thank you for being here I have so much respect for Maddie Moon and how she has built her business, how she stands in authenticity and integrity, and how she continues to show up in exactly the ways that we need leadership in this world. That's my opinion. I am so excited that you all get to experience Maddie and um, that Maddie, thank you for coming on to the Sacred Remembering podcast um, and lending your wisdom. And I certainly learn a lot from watching you, Maddie, on your social media and your platform and through your podcast. And so thank you for being here today. I want to read you Maddie's bio, everybody. Madeline Moon is a walking permission slip, an embodiment teacher, an actor, and a transformational coach. Her mission is to help women and men unify all pieces, including the feminine and masculine, the light and the dark, the introvert with the extrovert, and the doing with being. Through transformational experiences such as coaching, shadow work, spiritual healing, polarity, feminine and masculine embodiment, and more, Maddie will warmly guide you deeper into your own truth. See, a woman after my own heart. 
Her work and story has been featured in hundreds of podcasts as well as various publications such as the Huffington Post, Teen Vogue, Thought Catalog, Nylon Magazine, The Daily Mail, Vice, Greatest, Men's Health, People, and ABC News Nightline. She's hosted the popular Mind Body Musings podcast for nearly six years, ranking in the top 50 of all time in the U.S. and Great Britain in the category of self-improvement. Hey, Maddie, welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And I'm really excited to talk with you about masculine feminine balance and bringing that into business. And I feel pretty excited to have a kindred spirit here with the masculine feminine conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really exciting. So I've already read your bio in um, a previous clip for our listeners. And so um Let's just start with getting to know you a little bit more. Um, you know, who is Maddie Moon and, and where are you now in your business? And then we'll talk a little bit about how you got here. Mm, beautiful. So who I am, um, as you said, I am a feminine embodiment teacher. I am a podcast host. I have been hosting my podcast for, for um, six, a little over six years now. Um, one episode a week, and I host retreats that go across the board. A lot of feminine energy is built at these retreats, but also I've um, recently started getting into acting and storytelling and improv and learning how all of those things are really beautiful tools to go into our shadow. So doing a lot of shadow work with creativity and embodying characters and using your voice to essentially channel these shadow sides of yourself. Um, And those are all the things of who I am on the surface and who I am underneath all of that is much more complex and uh, shape-shifting. We were just talking before we hit record on this that I am currently in my Saturn return just started, 28. I thought it started like two years ago because I just lived such an intense (laughs) life. I Mm. actually thought it started the day I was born. Mm. Just my my whole life feels like a Saturn return, but I, I do feel a different kind of shift happening now where the seeds I've planted and what I've grown the past seven years of my business don't resonate with me anymore. And that's really scary because since I was mm, 20, I was really certain of who I was, what I wanted to be, what I wanted to create, vision boarding, like uh, waking up and doing visualizations and hiring all the coaches and teachers and learning, 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 and teaching, 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 and coaching and all these things. And I feel really, um, mm, I just like feel reserved. Like a lot of that outward energy I've spent the past seven years has, I don't want to say the words burnt out because that puts a bit of a negative connotation, like I'm powerless to it, but rather it's a natural evolution of, uh, of, of, um, letting go just like of ease of realizing, Hmm, this doesn't feel the way I've done work for so long. Doesn't feel the same way I want it to feel, even though there was a lot of feminine flow into the way I did my business. My heart is just not quite in 
the same ways that I've taught or even what I'm teaching and sometimes even teaching. So being someone that I know in my body, I am a teacher. I am a teacher and I am a leader. It is super scary to come face to face with the part of you that just doesn't want to. It's just pooped, tired, 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 tired. Doesn't want to hold it. Doesn't want to lead it. Doesn't want to know things. And also doubts that she knows things. Mm. So, Oh, I am a I am a questioner of life. I am a I definitely have this rebel archetype, and um, we can go into my story. But there's a lot of reasons why I now. You know, one of the things I've put into my bio, it's a self proclaimed title, and it feels really right. It's that I'm a walking permission slip because mm. when you come on my podcast or you come to my events or even my coaching sessions, I'm going to tell you anything you want to know about my life and how dark things can be in my mind and how it's actually totally fine. Like mm-hmm. it's okay. It's, it's okay to be, to embrace the part of you that is bitch, that is jealous, that is sacred slut, that is greedy. And with that comes the embracing of the light, the angel, the um, devotional lover, the, um, you know, the traditional goddess archetypes, all those qualities of strength, it only comes whenever we also are totally game to go into the parts of us that society have told us is gross or uh, petty or less than, you know? So, um, yeah, that is who I am in a nutshell, as best as I can, I can put it for now in, in the work that I do in the world. Thank you. Thank you for that thorough answer. And, um, yeah, I, I want to really talk all about business and these shifts because I think, you know, Saturn return or what the world's going through right now, we're recording this in quarantine and it won't air for um, a few weeks, but, you know, big, big shifts sort of everywhere. And so I definitely want to talk about that, but I do want to um, acknowledge that you started this business. You said you were saying, at 20, you had this vision. And so I'm 10 mm-hmm. years older than you. And so I think that you're, you're uh, millennial by definition. Right. And I think like I was just yeah. on the cusp or something and I was like, I don't, I don't really feel, I feel um, like I lived a lot of life in my years. Um, and so I always just kind of like felt older, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm curious about that vision coming in for you so strongly at 20, because it took, I guess it took me a while, like I knew who I was, but then because of a significant like trauma and loss right around the age of 19, I lost that. Like I shut it away and then mm. I, I had to come back around to it and give myself permission to remember. But you kind of had that immediate permission for yourself, which I really admire. So you went to college and like got the degree and then you were like, actually, I'm going to become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you have that vision? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So can I back up just a little bit into my upbringing? Just absolutely. Of course. This Anything will, you this want. Will serve. Okay. Awesome. So I was, um, you know, I'm really stepping into this truth. And every time I say it on podcasts, I have this part of my nervous system that's like, oh, don't say it because it's mm-hmm. uh, in, it's just in my nervous system not to admit this 
this truth. And Mm -hmm. so when I, when I talk about my childhood, it doesn't come from any place of blame because Lord knows I am so grateful for everything I went through. All the darkness is the deepest teacher. And, um, my, so my upbringing, it, it wasn't a religious household, but it wasn't fueled by the religion, but by a lot of narcissism and emotional manipulation, emotional abuse. And I couldn't see that because I was like one. You were in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was a kid. But I, you know, I looked up to my my mother thinking that this, you know, we also had closeness because that's one of the tactics that's often used is making someone feel really special and and really loved and then taking it away and then isolating them and then giving it back. And I had a lot of this push and pull growing up throughout my life and Mm -hmm. it was traumatizing. And I had OCD behaviors come out of it. I had um, eating disorders come out of it, major body dysmorphia, got into anorexia, bulimia, orthorexia. Then I got hooked on Adderall pills when I was in college so that I could quote take tests, but it was actually because I could run nine miles. Mm-hmm. I could run for nine miles straight on the treadmill and not eat for a full day mm-hmm. and started drinking a lot. And I just went into full destruction mode. So I, I was, I was in a lot of destruction beca- because I didn't know what it felt like to this is what's coming up for me. I, I was never allowed to be mad at anybody. I was never allowed to be mad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just went into destruction the older I got. When I say older, I just mean like from mm-hmm. you know 18 to 21. I got into destruction because I wasn't allowed to feel a very crucial emotion, which is upset, anger, um, sadness I was very familiar with, but I was I was you know, kicked when I was down a lot as a kid. And that's what led me to using food and body image as a way to control the way that I felt. And um, I have memories of thinking that the only safe place in this world is sitting in the shower on the bathtub floor Mm. crying because I wasn't allowed privacy either. So Mm -hmm. I, I was, there was a lot of invasion in my life. A lot of invasion of my, my emotions weren't allowed. My feelings, my thoughts um, sometimes they weren't, sometimes they weren't. So I never really knew. And as I got older, I did these bodybuilding competitions because that must be the answer is just get really perfect mm-hmm. and really perfect, yeah. really perfect, really tan, you know, get the admiration and, and love from judges and my partner at the time. Mm-hmm. And of course it was just like major isolation. I mean, mm-hmm. I, for my entire 20, 20 to 21, I I think I went out to a restaurant like three times and I was full of anxiety the whole time because of what I was eating and just not not connected, not connected with myself and how I was with the world was a reflection of that. And looking back at this now, a lot of what I was doing was um, I was physically neglecting my my softness, my ease, mm. my my feminine, my energy, because mm-hmm. the feminine is energy, which is um, emotion and chaos and ups and downs, and it's unpredictable, and you can't plan it. And everything about that terrified yeah. me. Yeah. Everything about what cannot be controlled and what could create uh, emotion could creep around the corner, and then all of a sudden I'll lose love because I'm upset. It is really terrible to live your life always at the mercy of you. Mm-hmm. and your natural feelings. So I used bodybuilding to get 
physical armor. I I lifted weights to physically be built and I wanted to be seen so badly as one of the guys, Mm. one of the tough guys. Like Mm -hmm. I remember Valentine's day when I was 21, I was at the gym. I was at 24 hour fitness and I was so proud of it. And I was like, all those girls out there eating chocolate. I don't do that. I'm at the gym with one, like with the guys, Mm -hmm. like just clinging to all the different ways I could feel. I could feel better than I could feel worthy. And that ultimately all of that is what catapulted me into a very like instant almost I mean, it was just like this I, I have the exact memory of being in a lot of pain and then just having this catalyst moment being like hmm you know i don't i don't want this life anymore i don't want to be mm. in so much pain it took a while definitely it took a lot of steps um but i remember very viscerally being like what the fuck like i don't want this anymore <laughs> and I did a, a bunch of things. I moved. I got a dog. I went to the mountains. I like did all these things that were just naturally like a part of uh, a human being finding their feminine. I, I cried. I intuitive ate. I gained weight. I appreciated my curves. That's all over the process of a year, and um, and and then I would say through the next two years, I started to get really, really clear that I wanted to serve. I started my podcast, and I was realizing how served I felt by simply speaking about my own shit, mm-hmm. speaking about my pain. And at the time it was surface level. It was like body image. Cause I didn't go any deeper. I didn't know it was deep. I didn't know about all the narcissism and any of this. I thought that mm-hmm. I thought I had the most loving family connection. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I didn't realize this till about two years ago and mm-hmm. it hit me like a ton of bricks. But back then I was just like, Oh, something's just really messed up with my, how I see my body. And and that's great because that was a, a really good starting point for me to, to motivate me to create the podcast, to start mm-hmm. speaking about my pain and, and bringing on um, people to interview that I really looked up to. And then over the next six to seven years, it just exploded in my heart of just like, this is my work. This is my lifeblood. It is teaching. It is leading. It is coaching. It is talking. It is completely like ripping open my chest and revealing all the darkness inside um, and making it okay so that other people know who, who decide to tune in. It's okay, whatever they're experiencing too. And not to become this super spiritual person that never feels any upset or any anger or any pain, um, but rather consistently devotes themselves to the practice of allowing it allowing it, allowing it, allowing it day after day after day and holding that pose of allowing whatever needs to come up to come up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And would you say that that's what resonates the most with your listeners and, and your followers, that honesty about all the shit, even the raw shit? Yeah, I think so. Um, yes. Yes, that yeah. that's what it is. I mean, obviously, like the things that I teach more directly as well, like learning about the feminine and learning about the masculine and feelings and emotions and darkness and shadow and that. But at the core of all of it, it's learning to be at peace with who you are and what's coming about. Learning to be at peace with um, the feelings that arise, knowing that no matter what comes up, you don't have to stick to the story. Yeah. Like feeling this means... 
I need to break up with him. Feeling this means I'm a terrible daughter. Feeling this means mm-hmm. I'm overly sensitive or crazy. I'm having an attack. Feeling this means I'm reverting to the old version of me. Feeling this means I haven't actually done the work. All of those are stories. Your brain is trying to find a reason. You're feeling what you're feeling. And it's actually taking you out from feeling it. So rather than, oh, I feel really upset at my partner for doing this thing for the millionth time and I keep talking to him about it, probably should leave. Maybe you do. But the first step is, oh, I feel this. Mm -hmm. I feel this. Whoa, I feel this so deeply. And identifying where you feel it in your body and expressing it and amplifying and emoting it. And then see, is there room now? Is there room for something else to come up? And and from that place of actually owning and holding the capacity for your own emotion rather than putting it on someone else is what allows us to tap into those greater sources, tap into unconditional love or tap into our deeper purpose. We have to build that capacity to hold the discomfort. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. And one of the things that arises from the story that you're sharing and it is that at this young age, you had this vision and you're like, I'm going to start these conversations and, and this podcast, and I'm just going to show up as I am. And I know a lot of people and a lot of women are like, well, I can't do it yet because I don't have it figured out yet. I can't do it yet. And I mean, yes, like uh, sometimes the thing is not ripe yet. And also just showing up in that imperfection um, is the modeling. Like it, it is what we need more permission to do in life for sure. So when you started your business and your podcast, how did that perfectionism sort of play into that? I'm, I'm curious about those first years of business. Um, you know, old habits die hard a little bit, but I mean, your story is so incredible because I'm like, you are so wise <laughs> in, in my judgment. You know, I'm just like, wow, that's a lot to realize and shift at such a young age. So totally celebrate that. Mm. And, and you're, you're a leader in what you're doing. And so, you know, to- thank you for um, being so willing to bring the the shadow forward and to exemplify that and normalize that and say, like, we just keep growing. Mm-hmm. But the question was, how did you bring that perfectionism into the early years of business? Mm-hmm. I mean, or did you? It's really fascinating to me because like, I do relate to perfectionism. I've, I've had that, but it's like, um, what a, there's a thing called selective hearing, right? Where you just like can tune into what you want to tune into. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have selective perfectionism. Like <laughs> there are, it's just the weirdest things. And I don't know what it is. Like there's perfectionism with certain things that just sneak up, um, that I, I can't, I can't really predict what categories to get hit, hit hard with the perfectionist side of me. But, um, Sex is one of them. Sex definitely of like wanting to always look perfect and like do things right and be sexy. And um, that I've worked through for the past several years, but that was one of those things that a lot of my perfectionism comes from be a lady. Mm -hmm. You know, even as a child, I was not allowed to, uh, I was allowed. Okay. I should say this way. I, I was taught that a woman is wild and bad. A lady is good. So Mm -hmm. even the word woman 
was something I was not wanting to be. I would, did not want to be a woman. Like a lady slept underneath the sheets. A woman slept over the sheets. Like random things like that I was taught. Mm. So I had all these weird things. Like every time I get in the bed, I get underneath the sheet because I was taught that if you don't sleep, you know, it's just the same as being like, got to eat all your food or don't stare at the TV too much. Your eyes will turn into squares. Like it's that kind of thing where it was meant to be harmless. Like just make sure you get underneath the sheet because you'll be cold. But it, hearing that as a kid of being like, oh, a lady does this and the lady is good and wanted and the man will take a lady in and, and give mm-hmm. her shelter and food. And I, I apparently am not like, uh, I'm not capable of doing that myself. So I got to make sure I'm a lady and I sleep underneath the sheets. Yeah. So like that, those kind of beliefs were planted really around being a woman. A lot of my perfectionism is, is around what is being a woman. And mm-hmm. then with my business, it's like the opposite. I have the opposite when it comes to building a business, getting on podcast. I can stutter. I can I can stutter my words and, and repeat things and and not complete a sentence and start a new sentence too quickly. I create graphics that are not really that perfectly branded. Um, I, yeah, make my own things sometimes. Links get broken in my emails. When I started my podcast, I made my own cover art on Canva. Like I just. I just wanted to get it up. And if people knew this, like my first website was called moonfitness.net and it was brown and light pink. Like imagine the entire homepage is just brown. And then like, (laughs) it just says moon fitness and light pink, big, um, like, I don't even know what font it was. Just like the really normal, like times new Roman, just not Mm -hmm. nice looking. Mm -hmm. It was so ugly. I didn't, I didn't care. I was so proud of myself to have a little space that was my own mm. and it was brown and it was pink and those were my favorite colors. And, um, I could write there. I could have my own little, my own little spot to write my musings on and share things and whether or not people read it, I didn't care at all. It was, and, and this is also something that I read in all of my charts about myself. I keep getting the same message that it doesn't really matter what you do um, like, and how you do it, just enjoy it. And it's going, the byproduct is going to be that people follow along and they're going to, to learn from it and love it. And that's kind mm. of been for me, like my podcast has been, cause I love it and I enjoy it. And it's just so great. People follow along because, uh, I do it anyways. So it's great that, that, that people do enjoy it, but I, in all my business, I go into the place that love takes me. And that mm. pleasure takes me and I've made mistakes. I've quote, I don't even like using the word failed, but I've, you know, the traditional, when you think of that, I've definitely started projects that didn't feel good. And so I just let them go. Mm-hmm. Season, reason, lifetime. I'll let something come in for you know, a reason. And then it just is only little season, but I just do the things in my business that light me up and get me excited. And it doesn't need to be, perfect at all because I really understand that your business is forever in evolution. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the mistakes I see so many new coaches creating when they're making their website is getting it so perfect. Don't you know, you're going to change it like a month later, you're going to find one little thing you want to evolve just a little bit. And then your writing is going to change just a little bit. And then you're going to add something new just a little bit. So you might as well get that uh, I'm like the first blank slate up that first version of how you want 
to feel on the interwebs and then allow yourself to come back to it and let it speak to you and create a new relationship and massage it and learn about it. Date your website, date your business, get to know it because you're creating a new relationship out of the blue. Like you're building something from the ground up. You can't expect from the first second, the get-go to be a coach that has all the answers, to know all the questions, to have this website that's perfect, 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 whatever that even means. Yeah, totally relate to all of that. And um, (laughs) came out of the gate in my entrepreneurial life with like... The thing, the thing that I was trying to break free of was the not enoughness. And like, I was like, I'm going to help women with this. And, um, and I came out of the gate, just like transferring the hustle and almost like the, uh, the wounded masculinity. Like I I've got to get this done or do it right. Or I just got to go, go, go. Um, I didn't, know that I was transferring that from my education career into being an entrepreneur, but I did. I just like, I transferred it because Mm. that's what we do. But um, I love what you just said about following the thing that lights you up and that can apply to any career, any Mm -hmm. life, (laughs) life decision. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Can I share one more thing? Absolutely. Uh, It like, this is, I've recently done this again. Um, so last year, I lead retreats. I lead retreats called the Embodied Archetype with uh, a man. His name is Jamie, and he's an actor and a director and a vocal coach. And um, he really opened my eyes up to the power of voice. Like even even last last year, before I started really co creating with him. Um, my voice was up here, like in every single thing that I did, every single thing, mm-hmm. conversation, podcast, when you go listen to all my podcasts or audio recordings, it's up here. Mm-hmm. And I've spent, mm, I'd say seven months of just like, f- before I'm talking, um, not every time before I talk, cause that'd be a lot, but at least like once every few days, I will retouch base with this part of my chest where I want my voice to come from. Because when I talk like this, the nervous system of the receiver feels more grounded. Mm -hmm. Other than when I talk like this, then you don't feel as grounded. It's kind of like you don't really trust me, but you don't know why you don't trust me. You just don't trust what Mm. I'm saying. Mm. But this creates more trust in what I'm saying because it feels like it's coming from the lower half of my body. And doing this work with Jamie, I've gotten really interested in acting and I like this is how I do things and I love I love the way I do things if I could encourage other people to do things like this I think there'd be a lot more um, adventure and, and and new passions that are born because so many people wait I decided I wanted to start acting and so I literally just signed up on like these two acting casting websites and then like this the next week I got my headshots and then I quickly filmed a demo scene to show that I can memorize lines. And then I just started auditioning and showing up to auditions without anything on my resume. Just like, you know, if they want me, they'll pick me. If they don't, mm. because I have nothing on my resume, then I'll just keep going to the next thing. And I just threw myself right in. And I've done like six things over the past year because I just was like, fuck it. You know, and I go to these classes and sometimes the people in the classes like have been doing the classes for two years 
And they're asking questions about how to approach their first audition. And I'm mind blown. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, what? Go learn about, like, I'm just now doing classes. And I'm not saying that's smart to do. I think doing both together is great. I did do some, you know, starting out as well. But now I'm just now getting into the consistency of it because I said, oh, I do like this. This is fun. Now let me get really good at it. But doing things kind of the reverse by just jumping like head on in and allowing the excited part of you to get fed. Yeah. That's, that's really important. I think a lot of times we, we, we think we need to do all this work and then the excitement dies down. We forget why we wanted to do it in the first place because we never fed the part of us that was yearning and excited to do this cool thing to to sell our art and 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 make art and write a book like we just skip over the actual excitement portion and go into logistics and planning and prepping and doing a lot of the 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 prep mm. work that I the just careful don't, work yeah. yeah like I just don't think that's useful to get stuck in there so what do you think the question isn't exactly landing but what makes one person give themselves that permission and another person not? Or how do you get out of that stuck space? Hmm. Mm, it's a good question because I don't have the answer. I don't know. We're all just so unique in our, our maybe our past lives contributed. Maybe in a past life, some people took those chances and ended up dying. Yeah, or murdered because right. we feel they took too big of fear. a chance, and so, mm-hmm. and so the next life it's like a lot of hesitation. If if you know if, if that doesn't resonate with people, your upbringing were you encouraged to explore your passions and pursuits? Were you pushed to explore your passions and pursuits? And now you're rebelling and you're not wanting to do any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel it was re- like mine was repressed? So I am. Gretchen Rubin is this author and she wrote a book called The Four Tendencies. There's four different tendencies of human beings. Um, I can't, I don't remember all of them. Questioner, upholder, there's another one. And then there's the rebel. And the rebel is mm. someone who kind of like goes against what they're told to do and a lot of <laughs> a lot of things in life. And even though I wanted to be a good girl, like there's a part of me that wants to be good girl, like in my nervous system, be good, mm. look good, do it right get an A plus, be yeah. a teacher's pet. I'm also a fucking rebel. So it just like, it, it, <laughs> we have like, so many similarities. <laughs> I love, oh. love that. I felt that. I was curious how if you were kind of on that thread as well. It, it's totally. hard to put it into a box because it's, it's all of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. And that's like the memoir that I'm writing. That's, that's what I'm trying to portray right now is that Like, even though I had forgotten part of myself and in this good girl-esque way, I was always following the sacred rebel heart of mine also. Like, that Mm. thread was always there. And so then it was eventually giving myself permission to come back to it. But that permission is, like, ever ever growing, ever present. It's Mm -hmm. like I'm – I last year I sold my house and, um, you know – my <laughs> economist friends and business friends were like, that is a bad fucking idea. Like mm-hmm. you live in a market that is growing. Now here we are and the market just mm-hmm. crashed. Um, but I sold my house because I didn't want that like boxed in responsibility and I mm-hmm. wanted freedom. And so I sold it and I like moved out 
into the country. And like life really opened up a lot of possibilities after I let go of that. But anyway, I had to give myself that permission to like, just do the crazy thing. Um, and that permission to do the like, quote unquote, crazy thing, the rebel thing, um, I think is harder to give yourself that permission, the longer you go, not giving yourself that permission, mm-hmm. 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 you know? So it's like, it, first of all, congrats. I that's, I'm so inspired by that. I love that story. And <laughs> it's so, it's so interesting. Like with this, the crash just, that's just happened. Um, like a lot of the things that I have thought, well, this is what I'm looking for in a mate. Like they have to have this, this kind of security and this mm. kind of security and this kind of grounding, all of that's off the table now. Yeah. And it's really served me of just like, who, Ooh, do I, yeah. who feels good to be with? Cause that's all we have right now. Mm. Like mm. forget all of the other things. Cause all of our senses of security and stability is out the window. Like the constructs. So, the constructs, yeah, the constructs we live by, the the checklists, and it's been such a gift for me to really just just be with like what is who brings me pleasure and joy in my life, and that's all that's that's I have I'm in a container where that's all that matters, and I like this container and I want to continue this forever. Yeah, <laughs> it feels great. So that's beautiful that that you did that, and I I do think there's something to paralysis by analysis and, and also your nervous system. I always come back to this, that your nervous system by a certain point doesn't know that it's possible to be afraid and be safe. Yeah. Like that connection hasn't been made. And maybe that's because you actually had a trauma you experienced as a child where you were afraid and you weren't safe. Um, or maybe even you, you weren't fed on time and you were really hungry and you were like, five and in that split second you created a nervous system response where i'm hungry where's mom where's dad i don't have food will i be fed and you panic and there's nothing you can do about it and you don't feel safe and then from there forward your nervous system goes when i'm out of control and i don't have what i need i'm not safe i could die right and that is why when you have this knowledge you listen to this podcast you go to these awesome events that inspire you there's a part of you that just has to do the thing. Mm-hmm. You just have to do the thing. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest part. And and the beautiful thing is on the other side of that very hard part is oh, magnificence, so much relief, so much, oh, I, well, I can do that. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel that way beforehand. I, mm-hmm. I just had a client who, mm-hmm. who I've been working with um, for a while she finally did her first crystal sound bath healing session where she guided it. You know, she got, she was, she came to one of my retreats and I had someone else I brought in to do that. And she was really inspired and she followed that thread and she got crystal bowls and she learned how to play them. And then she asked, uh, you know, she just took the steps. She just, she asked a studio in Jackson, Wyoming, Hey, can I play my music? an event and they said sure yeah we'd love that you know of course they were like Mm -hmm. yep 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 and she did it and there were so many nerves before and then after it's like she who she became from that experience of going into the place she had the most resistance around because it was the scariest anywhere you have the most resistance around it's the thing you want to do the most so going into that place serving people, doing something that she is gifted in, who she became from that experience is good for the world. Right. And I think 
that that's one of those things we don't acknowledge often. It's not just about us. It's about when you open, when you have experience where you open, you coach someone and you're joyful, you lead something and you're joyful, you open everyone around you's nervous system. Right. And I would frame that as like the path of sacred remembering. I mean, you Mm. know who you are inside of you and the love is going to guide you. So all of the reasons why not and all of the fear, like that's like, hey, I acknowledge you. And what is the thing that lights you up, the crystal balls, the, the improv acting, like whatever it is, and then following that and taking the action. And we can kind of go into feminine masculine here because it's like following the love, following the emotion, following the desire, and then making a decision and executing, you know, it's like going after the thing that uh, that you do want in alignment with those dreams, with the heart, with the desire. Mm. And, you know, I think it, well, I'll just speak from my experience because I do think that it is something that a lot of people do. There's like, well, I know what I want to do, or I, I know this quest, I know the desire and I don't know how to get there. And so then there's like a lot of panic. So the feminine desire is a little bit like, I don't know if I'm safe. And then the masculine's like, I don't know what to do. And that Mm. gets um, a little wonky or more than a little wonky, you know? And and so, um, yeah, I'll pause there to see if there's anything that's popping for you, but I would love to talk about applying that to business and how um, you have started to apply the feminine and masculine in your business. Um, Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's all so true. It, it's happening whether or not we realize it. We have yeah. the part of us that goes, mm, I want that. Uh, I don't like that. Mm, that sounds exciting. Ah, that's scary. And then we have the part of us that's like, okay, what are the steps? What do we need to do? Yeah. What do we need to not do? What is, where is our sacred yes and where is our sacred no? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the quotes that I live by is deeper the no, deeper the yes. So what can you deeply say no to so you can deeply say yes to the right things. And that is a, that is a solid path for your masculine just as a starting point is deeper the no, deeper the yes. And it takes your feminine to know what it is you want to be saying no to. Um, I, I believe that one of our greatest compasses as business owners and teachers and women is our pleasure. Mm -hmm. Um, so Man, I've like, my business started with so much of that wounded energy of just like, Mm -hmm. of course, there was beautiful passion and desire and I must do this. Like I felt it in my body, but there was a lot of wounded masculine going on where I was white knuckling things and fearful I wasn't going to make it. And that is a process that had to happen, Mm -hmm. had to happen because Mm -hmm. I didn't have proof yet that I'd be okay. And I was struggling for rent. Mm-hmm. And I did have to have four part-time jobs as I started my coaching practice. I was yeah. like, I was serving v- Vega uh, protein powder at Whole Foods and then liquor cakes at Me- Neiman Marcus and then freelance mm-hmm. writing and um, all these different random side jobs, working at cocktail parties and, and then going home and then coaching. Yeah. Or trying to figure out how to coach, trying to figure out what this path was. And that, that was scary. I felt a little bit stressed, you know, and that was important to feel. Um, 
I didn't necessarily feel it because at the time I didn't know how to feel my feelings. But if I was to look back or if I was to look forward and guide someone through that process, your your capacity to hold your longing, you know, because underneath a, a desire, underneath a complaint is a desire slash longing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, and I'm specifically talking about women, I think, have not trained their capacity to hold all of that, mm-hmm. hold the longing without having the thing you want because it's uncomfortable. So, your masculine is the part of you that holds that for you saying, do you feel your desire? Do you feel your longing? Do you feel your complaint? Do you feel all that happening? Can you hold all of that happening right now while not having the thing yet? And can you keep going? What practices do you need to do to keep going? Like, Then we come into the practical side of things where, yeah, you have to get out of bed. Manifestation is meeting the universe halfway. Mm-hmm. So uncover your desires, uncover your dream-ish. Doesn't need to be perfect. You know, people always ask me what my future dream is. I don't know. I'm just here. Mm. <laughs> here right now, taking things a day at a time. And my desire is my compass. And if I'm so preoccupied with the marketing techniques that everyone else is using and the new affiliate strategies and I'm in my inbox all day long. I can't feel my desire. I'm not in my eroticism. I'm not in my pleasure. So part of my business is carving out space to feel, to roll out my mat, turn Mm -hmm. on five songs, pound my fist, become a jungle cat, cry, scream, um, moan, have a pleasure practice. And then once that is over and I've really touched base with a lot of those feelings, I've touched them to the point that they can dissolve. And there's more space in my body for the masculine to then say, okay, okay, now what? Like even practical wise, now what do we need to do to move forward? Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. That's all the, the embodied feminine things. And I think specifically for women entrepreneurs, we need to be doing that first. We need to be doing that before we're making plans, before we're taking action and really letting all of that feminine information um, be witnessed by the masculine. And then the masculine's like, okay, all of that's important. I got it. I know what to do. Um, I see that reflected in my partner and I. Um, and I'm really, really careful after like the soulmate path that I was on, it was like fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> I'm really careful to not project um, onto him. And so, and like that we are sovereign beings. However, I learn about the healthy masculine through watching how we um, interact. And so I'm a Pisces, I'm a water sign. And, you know, I really have like very fluid feminine practices that I have cultivated over the last five, six years in my own remembrance. And then, so he and I are about to cohabitate. And I actually went into um, like a little bit of a fear mode about like being too watery like or like being too uh too much um like there's not a big floor plan in the house there's there's a lot of outside space a lot of nature but not a big floor plan and so i watched myself like for a week my 
tendency, I'll say, or habituation was to try to box up my feminine and like make it less big. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was really, it was a beautiful conversation to like watch myself do that and then explain that to him. And so what I watch him do is he takes in all the information. Like there's nothing about the feminine that he can't hold. Um, And then he executes like then he decides and and like once he decides he's just going to like do the fucking thing that needs to be done and so i'm actually learning about my own feminine through that that awesome example mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because i think a lot of the time we're like oh i don't want to do that i don't want to do that and and with him i'm like oh that's the execution of the masculine. That's how the masculine like holds the form, holds the vision and decides what to do. Like it's not, it's not frenetic. It's not, Oh, how am I going to succeed? It's like, I've taken in all of the information and now I'm going to make a plan mm-hmm. and then I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I've actually started to be really inspired in my own business, like based on that learning and witnessing, um, because bringing my masculine back online in a healthy way Hmm. in my business has been a learning curve for me, for sure, over the past like year. So thank you for letting me share. I just, (laughs) I love that. I love hearing examples of women learning about the healthy masculine from men. Yeah. Like it really, it, it, it really inspires me because yeah, there's just so much, um, um, hatred towards the, towards men, you know, and we have so much from good men. We have so much we can learn from them of what it looks like to hold a container. The, Mm -hmm. The, I mean, you're making a wonderful point because a lot of the reason why I feel like I've been able to hold so much is from, I was in this co-ed um, practice container with two of my my teachers. They lead a, a, a men and women's feminine, masculine, like embodied relationship salon. And Wait, are you talking about Jane Wineland? And yeah, Kendrick? yes, I love them. I want to I want to do all that in twenty twenty one. That's like my yeah, goal. I've done. Uh, yeah. I did their. I did this salon the past two years, and oh, I've assisted at yeah. events. And watching because the the feminine practitioners do not really go into the masculine. I, I would like more of that. I think that'd be really helpful for us to experience that even more. But um, in those events, watching the, the masculine and how they hold it and how they breathe and how they, uh, how they move about the space that allows the feminine to move about the space in her unique way, it's a polarity dance. And yeah. it's so inspiring. And I've, I've just learned a lot from men who mm-hmm. are doing the work on how mm-hmm. I want to be doing the work in my business and my life and relationship. Right. Yeah. Because there's a union within and then there's a union without mm-hmm. and there's like a union with the divine. And so, um, yeah, that, that polarity, uh, dance is needed everywhere. And I love the conversation of, of doing that in business and doing that within yourself in business, because as women, I mean, if we are tirelessly just going after the thing and um, doing so out of fear and just really continuing to do the actions without that heart led guidance. Like we're going to find ourselves fried and failing. I definitely mm-hmm. been there. Um, it, it, like even knowing better, <laughs> yeah. I've been there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for being here. I just want to ask if there's anything else that's on your heart that you'd like to share based on our conversation. Hmm. 
thank you so much for having me. This has been so beautiful. And um, yeah, I don't really have any extra thoughts. Just this is a lot to move through. This is a life journey. This is a life path, something we're right. forever moving towards. Um, and it doesn't take a lot of work. I don't think that being in your feminine needs to be like an extensive training you go through. It's, it's a, it's to put it simply allowing what's coming up, start there. Yeah. It's allowing what's coming up. And I know your listeners have been doing a lot of this work probably because of you and listening to this amazing podcast and might be well-versed in feeling feels in the feminine. And for anyone who's not, or anyone who's going through a hard time, it is hard. It is messy. It is dirty. It is dark. And that's where the deepest healing is done. And that's how we see the light. And that's how we find and feel purpose. Yeah. Um, And if you don't feel purpose right now, that's okay. You know, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like keep Mm -hmm. allowing that to come up. Whatever comes up, make space for it. So, yeah. Right. Following that next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. So would you please share with folks where they can find you? Yes. You can find me at maddymoon.com. M-A-D-D-Y moon.com. And I have a podcast on iTunes podcast, Stitcher, Spotify called Mind Body Musings, which Sarah will be on sometime in the near future. And and, um, you could find me on Instagram at Madeline Moon, M-A-D-E-L-Y-N-M-O-O-N. And I'm all about the freebies. I've got a, a freebie of my top 100 favorite books. I have one for feminine embodiment playlists. If you want to start moving your body, but mm. don't know how to create playlists, I have a new one I just made for that. I've got um, so many podcasts on the feminine and masculine. And so I made a PDF that just tells you which the best ones are to start <laughs> with. Um, and then I have a, um, a PDF called five ways men lose credibility with women. So mm. this is for the men in your life who are really looking to step up their game and hmm. serve the women in their life, daughters, wives, mothers. So you can get all that at com forward slash free gift. Beautiful. Thank you. I'm always watching your Instagram stories and appreciate them very much and appreciate your realness. And I'm going to keep watching this business pivot or personal evolution that's happening right now. And as the Saturn return plays out and just thank you for your authenticity in Mm. the way you walk, the way you show up and um, modeling that forward. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sarah. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.